I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Yellow. It is B. Episode 207 of The Supportive. I'm joined tonight by John. With John. With John. In partnership with John. John, are you here? <coughs> You're joined with and against John. Both Hi, with and Hi, Brandon. Against. How you doing? Good, Hi, very Stu. good. How you doing? And uh, do we have Stu here? Um, in the words of Tal Bachman, she's so high. Oh, why did you do that to me? <laughs> to us? Sorry, to all the listeners. Why did you do that? Uh, oh. Because it came up on shuffle when I was at the gym tonight, and it's like, oh, that's been in my head for the last hour. Now I'm sharing it with you, the podcast listener. Yeah, that sucks because it's for sure going to be in my head for a long time. At it least is. if you're going to there the rest of the week, just just live with it. Tell Bachman is in your head the rest of the week. I'd like to request if you're going to randomly sing out songs on the podcast, please make it uh, a five syllable thing so I can insert big old floppy dong in its place in the, the words. <laughs> <laughs> Like I could do, she's so high with big old dong, but it the floppy really sells it. I think you'd agree. Yeah, I I, I don't disagree. So right. I'll I'll do my best to big floppies. Hey, stairway to heaven it. is five five syllables. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. Good call. She's um, riding a big old floppy dog. <laughs> wow, that actually works. That works totally a lot. Re- you wow. totally redeemed yourself. We, we have totally redeemed our explicit tag on iTunes. <laughs> uh, we do not have Clarence with us. He's a last-minute cancellation. Shocker. Real shocker. So that means what we want to start out with is our uh, number one talker, which is our beloved uh, Minnesota Wild. We do have Mr. Puck here, Stu, which is great. And I know John watches as well, but it, it, I'll have to stand in and, and pretend like I know what I'm talking about with the wild but it does help that i i have watched parts of i think all of the games there have been three so far we're, we're recording this on a tuesday night uh the game uh game four is wednesday uh john just bad luck right just tough luck i <laughs> uh, i spent what was it about a month telling you guys that goaltending and shooting percentage were essentially random and that the wild were just were more lucky than good, and now they're more good than lucky. And you guys laughed at me and you mocked me, and it hurt. I'm not gonna lie, it hurt a lot. I I cried a lot, but I'm over that now. And 
I just want you all to know that I hate you all so very much. That's uh, all I have to well, say. You have, that's uh, that's my official. Okay, you have okay. In, in his absence, I think um, we have learned from Clarence to never ever apologize, even when you're clearly wrong. So we can't apologize, John. Even though I you ain't were apologizing right, for we shit. were wrong. Yeah, we ain't apologizing for shit. And um, since you're happy about it um, being right that the Wild are losing, um, we also oh, I'm not happy, Steve. Do I sound happy? Oh. Is this is this a happy note in my voice? <laughs> okay, well, does okay, this sound like a that. happy John Marthaler? I, I I may be conflating you with Dave Marthaler, and because he's clearly this, he's having his own personal parade every night when the Wild Cloud Nine, you know, just can't. Yeah, Cloud. <laughs> he's the happiest man, the happiest man ever. If if you knew Dave, you would know that that could not be further. From the truth, no, I, or Dave. Uh, yes, <laughs> but why Dave was, is, if anything, we, angrier and more depressed than I am about this? He's like one of the sweetest men alive, and we're just railing on him about this. And that's <laughs> what we do here at the Sportive: is make good people feel bad. Well, let's let's be. He did bring it on himself, though. It's his brand. His brand is that is I'm true. the negative guy, and that's fine. It's good to do, to be that guy, but. You also have to be made fun of for it when it happens. So, but John, yes, getting back to angry cynicism, it's just bad luck, right? Uh, it's it's a combination. I you can't chalk it up entirely to bad luck because the Blues have been doing a fairly good job of packing in packing the front of the net with about fourteen defensemen. To help block shots, I I didn't actually go in and pull the block shots numbers for this series so far because, frankly, that'd be boring. But there are my sense is just from, from watch, yeah from from watching the games that Jake Allen is making about forty five saves a night, and the rest of the Blues are combining to make about thirty saves a night. So, I we talked a lot during this wild season about how they were doing a really good job of getting the puck into dangerous areas and it was really helping their shooting percentage. They were they were doing better than you would expect only because they were doing a good job of getting shots from in close to the net, basically. And the Blues have taken that away and the Wild just don't have the size to muscle the puck to the front of the net and they don't have... They haven't had so far sort of the explosive ability to make the Blues pay for that strategy. And... But... As we said a million times on this podcast before, it does that strategy can work as long as your goaltender is playing out of his mind. It's not going to work. You can't allow forty-five shots a night and expect it to work if your goaltender is Patrick Waugh in full meltdown mode. It just doesn't work that way. But Allen has been insane and exceptional, and so you put it all together, and the Wild have scored three goals in three games. And Allen is not even great. Right in general, he just has no. had a few. He good was his, um... he was good. Then then the Blues traded Brian Elliott and decided Allen was going to be their number one guy. Then he started the season pretty well. Then he went in the absolute tank to the point that they were about ready to just send him home for the rest of the season and let him just have have the rest of the season off. And then about the time Mike Yo came in, suddenly he turned it back around and was really good after that. Yeah. So that's good coaching and some good timing on a hot streak for a goalie. I mean, but the Blues are also not 
bad, right? They can't just be chalked up to the Wild sucking. The Blues are a good team, aren't they? Weren't they just not that much oh, sure. worse than the Wild? Yeah, it's not like they're playing Arizona or Colorado or something in this playoff series and a truly terrible team is beating the crap out of them. The and Blues I thought that's what would happen, though. If they're a two, they were the second-best team, I thought. I thought they just would be faced up with some shitty team and they would roll through and then have to play a good team. But that's not exactly... I guess I don't know how... I didn't realize that they are going to be facing such a good team in round one. Bad luck. For me, I spent so much I spent so much time thinking about the Blackhawks that I didn't really consider any other teams in the Central Division. Whether it was Nashville, which if I if I saw correctly, is up three to nothing on Chicago, and they play yes, tomorrow they night. I think. What do you What do you got, Mister Puck? Do they play tomorrow night or do yeah, they play tonight? I think both both games are tomorrow night. Yeah. So Chicago is going down too, which, as I forget which one of you pointed out today on our email thread, that this playoff loss is all the more disappointing because the Wild, had they won the playoff series, and I guess we don't necessarily need to treat it like they've already lost, but let's be honest with ourselves. Mm -hmm. Had, Had they won this playoff series, they would not have had to go through Chicago to get to the conference finals, which just sucks. It just sucks. Yeah. Remember, I believe uh, uh, when we did our uh, the two man show on Tuesday, John, we were I was legitimately struggling to think of the Nashville mascot. Right, you could not remember (laughs) the name of the team. It is still the Predators, though, right? That's correct. It's still the Nashville Predators, and they're they're, they're about to sweep the the Chicago the Chicago Blackhawks. They're about to sweep them. Yes, which. In the grand scheme of things, is wonderful. I don't. Yes. I would not have traded a wild playoff loss for a Blackhawks sweep by the Predators, but it does it does help ease this thing a little. I think. Yeah. You won't. You won't pause by your jugular when you're shaving in the morning. Is what you're saying. <laughs> right. It's like You'll, when the Gopher hockey shaving. when Gopher hockey makes the <laughs> makes the national playoffs and then loses to some team that just started a hockey program last year but then also at the same time North Dakota loses to a girls team or something like that. It's bad for the Gophers but as long as it's bad for North Dakota too I'm sort of okay with it. The Marthaler way that's that's yep. what I understand. Right. Um, so um, who is going to write the Mike Yo should never have been fired column? I've got my mon- all of my money on Suhan. But I'd like to hear your guys' thoughts. I've got 100% of my money, and it's a fairly significant amount of money, on our good friend Mike Rand doing that just to troll Rocket. Oh, God. The thing is, the thing is, Clarence knows where he lives. That's That's true. (laughs) And that might stop him. Yep. Because he can, tra- he can always, troll Rocket, because Rocket, live, Rocket lives like in like the Smoky Mountains or wherever the fuck he lives. But Clarence lives right. you know, just south of here, and he can he can find Rand. <laughs> it's, it's the system of checks and balances in the sports media. Is You can do whatever you want, but you have to deal with Clarence trolling you on Twitter, and if he knows where you live, he, he, has, he, has no, he has no fear of going to your house and having no. a word with you. <laughs> exactly. It will be written, though. We know that for sure. That column yep. will be written. Yep. 
Yeah, I mean, it's a layup. It's a, if a easy, just absolute troll the fan base column. I mean, I could write it in my fucking sleep, and I'm a hack. Not that, you know, some of the other people aren't hacks, but I can, I can get a couple of <laughs> good think, jokes in probably, too. I think, aren't you more of a flack than a hack now, Stu? God Ooh. damn it, John. Um, listen, listen. Um, if you're gonna if if this is gonna lead you into criticizing our um, our corporate partners at the Minnesota United, John, the only team that <laughs> even draws around here anymore, um, I'm, I'm gonna ask you to please retract that. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Uh, okay. So I hope the listeners yeah, enjoyed that laughing. coughing fit that I had after laughing there. Sorry. Um, they are the only team I'm that's got a point here the last week, though. <laughs> it's very true. So yep. speaking here of our come. friend, uh, Michael Rand, um, do you want me to walk through? He wrote an interesting post this week, um, which is shocking, I think, for all of us. Didn't know he still wrote for the Strib. He's still employed. It's incredible. This He's a good guy. Yeah. Yeah. We love him. This love article him was the question... Of the post was where would the, a wild sweep? So again, hypothetical rank among the meekest Minnesota playoff departures. So this is not so much most most shocking or worst things ever because at least on Twitter, almost everybody wrote back and said forty-one nothing. He's like, no, no, that's not the it's not the point of what I was trying to say because they, you know, at that point were had had a pretty decent playoff run. So this is just like the most disappointing playoffs in general <clears throat> so here were some other suggestions that he had the 1992 and the 1994 vikings i guess i don't know dennis green one and done efforts very frustrating they were 11 and 5 and won their division home field advantage and lost okay uh 94 they hosted the bears they lost 35 to 18 Steve Walsh outplayed Warren Moon. 2006-2007 Wild, this is when they had 104 points and they lost in the first round to Anaheim. John, do you remember that at all? I do. I was actually at a couple of those playoff games. I was really excited, and Anaheim had... It, it was a little bit like this series with the Blues, and that I remember the Wild just getting totally shut down, and they didn't get great goaltending, and... At one point, Kim Janssen got sucker punched, and that was my biggest memory from that series is when uh, Brad May sucker punched Kim Janssen and knocked him out cold on the ice, and the whole crowd started chanting for Derek Bugard like it was a like it was the Roman Coliseum. It was very strange, but at the time, I would have happily shot Brad May with a sniper rifle if I'd had one handy because <laughs> that was ridiculous. This was 11 years ago, and it sounds like you're talking about something that happened in, like, 1974. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm still, I'm still furious to this day. What is more disappointing between, these, between that, that series and this one right now? What do you think is the more disappointing one? I think, well, that's a good question, but I think this one is more disappointing, especially if they get swept. I'm not saying that losing in five is way better than getting swept, but if if the game tomorrow night goes the same way that the that the first three games have gone, where they give up one early and they spend the whole game chasing and they never actually have a lead, 
I I think if they actually if they lose again tomorrow and don't have a lead at any point in that game, I think that will be the abiding the one sentence description of this series. Wild swept by Blues didn't have a lead in the entire series, scored four goals or whatever. So yeah, I think that's a if good you point. See what Rand's uh, his favorite example is the 2006 Twins, which I had I had forgotten about, but it's a great one. If you remember, though, that's the team that stormed at uh, the very last weekend or whatever to win the division, and then they went into the playoffs and got swept by Oakland. That to me was one of the more disappointing of all those Twins teams in the mid 2000s. That was the one that that crushed me, I think, the most in terms of my expectations to what actually happened because the other teams. I wasn't typically expecting a ton. That that 2016 felt like the best one. So I think he may have a point that right. one might be more disappointing. That was the series with Torrey Hunter trying to dive for a line drive and missing it by 30 feet, and it turned into a two-run inside the park home run, right? Well, that's tough because that happened like four times. Yeah. One that's of those, true. I guarantee. I'm pretty sure that was the only playoff occurrence, though. Oh, maybe. Maybe, yeah. Uh, I was at that game, the one when Tori dove. Not even he was like six feet from it. Oh, yeah, it wasn't close. Dumb shit. It didn't glance off his glove to the warning track. Let's put it that way. No, no, it didn't. Uh, Rand also pointed out a, a, a couple wolves first round exits, which is just doesn't make any sense to me because they were never very good. But. Um, what? Basically, every year of the World Wolves franchise, except for 2004, could be on the most disappointing list. Yeah, yeah, but not like there was no expectations in terms of they were a two-seed or anything like this. So I don't really think the Wolves have ever even been good enough to to compete with the with this season of the Wilds. So. True. The oh, one six, competitive six. year in, the, in Wolves franchise history, they made it to the conference finals. So yeah. there you go. That's it. They're they're too sad. They've had and one competitive year and be on the list. Really, it's a real what shame. a terrible franchise. John, give me the your preview or your prediction for how this series is going to play out. The Wild series, yes. The rest of it, we're still on that. They're, yeah, they're going to lose. To, they're going to lose tomorrow night. <laughs> oh, that's my think? prediction. No way. You think they're just I think like at this. I don't get the sense that there's partic- anything particularly resilient about this wild team. You know what I mean? I do. You guys it's have not been like talking they have about such it for outs- years. That that's like the team that they are. Is it's it possible, not like they have though, such. That they're just not that good. Well, that I I said that in the middle of the season, and again, we're just bringing up things that made me cry in bed at the middle in, in the middle of the night. So, well, but you I don't, and, I don't know why we're going back to this. You but. and Clarence and all of the. Uh, hockey fans that I know have have ragged on this team for years of like they yeah resil- they're not resilient they get in a funk they yada 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 but I just was wondering if maybe their ceiling is lower than we think it is and that's just a a, a comment that we make about them for whatever reason I mean you guys are smarter than me I'm just wondering if maybe it's not that these guys are a bunch of choke artist babies and they're just like not that great that's sort of the point we've been making for years is that they're not that great. Okay. But you and also, no you think it, that they are not going to win a game because they, they've just are, are, they already got their vacations planned and it's over they know it. Well, I, 
I think if they had a different set of leaders on the team that were particularly outspoken and fiery and you thought maybe they might be the kind of the kind of guys that could turn this around, I think it'd be one thing, but they just got sort of a bunch of meek I don't, I don't even know what to call it. It, it. It's just not that kind of team. It's a team that when they're going good, they're going fine, and when they're not going good, everything is terrible. And this has always been the way it is. That's okay, more of an indictment got... of hockey, though, isn't it? You're just I, like, it's I, like puck, that's puck lock. I mean, that's just, you know, that's sometimes bad things happen to good teams. And good things happen right. to bad teams. So you just—I mean, like look at I, look in the I, East. Washington is down in their series against Toronto, and Washington was amazing this year, and Toronto was crap. And this is—we talk about it. I mean, it's a—it's a thing that happens in playoff hockey every year. But even for playoff hockey terms, this is a pretty crazy start to the to the playoffs. More than I can remember in recent right. years. Now, I'll admit, I don't remember any other playoffs in any other year. That said, this is the craziest. My number one. Yeah, it's been, it's been a weird one so far. John, who should we cheer for if the Wild lose? Anybody? I mean, got a backup team for the us? sweet embrace of death. Okay, that's fair. That's what I was going to go to anyway. So. I, th- I think it would be fun if Toronto kept winning. Just because their fans are such annoying, self-hating people that when they inevitably implode in an important situation, it'll be kind of funny. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, for sure. I love that. And didn't we used to... I used to hate the Maple Leafs because weren't they like the dinosaurs who refused to believe in puck possession and the very... (laughs) Right. Yeah, that was... That was Top probably three years and two two coaches again, but uh, two coaches ago. But I think you are right that at one point they were very anti advanced stats. They were like, "We don't need the puck. We're good enough that we don't even have to have the puck to win games." Well, I think like halfway through the year they had this great record that everybody in the planet was like, "Yeah, that's not going to last. You guys are getting lucky." And they're like, "Yeah, right." And they lost like twenty five games in a row right afterwards. Right. I okay, so right, yeah. I've been I've been hating them because of that, but now you think that there's a new regime, new sheriffs in town. So maybe I need to because I like Toronto, the right. city. So, hmm. Yeah, you can be a Maple Leaf fan. That's allowed. Okay. Thank you. Do they have one of those? I'm just really warning young... you that things will go wrong. Oh, of course. Yeah, I mean they're bad, right? So, um, do they have one of those young? Yeah, but even studs? if they're good. <laughs> okay. Yeah, they they. they, they... They 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 got they've got young players. You'd like them, but none of those like the the super good young guys, right? McDavid, Eichel. No, they have they have one of the super good young guys. They have Austin oh, Matthews. Austin Matthews. I was just gonna say that. Yeah, yeah. Sweet. Yeah, my guy, Austin Matthews. <laughs> yeah. Are you called him? Fuck. Which other which other young hockey players can you name, Brandon? Uh, well, I can name that aren't um, that aren't Connor McDavid. Uh, thank you for the help because I actually didn't know his first name. <laughs> uh, is it Jack Eichel? Right? Yeah, that's a good one. Good, Austin good pull. Matthews. Which team? Do, which team does Jack Eichel play for? 
Uh, I think Eichel plays for the Edmonton Sabres. <laughs> the Edmonton Sabres. I mean... It's one of those two, right? Good. You're, you're, you're close, but you're way off. Okay, so I thought that one of them played for... No, he plays... He plays for Buffalo. He does. Okay, so I th- I knew it was either Buffalo or Edmonton. Um, well, there's uh, there's that Gensel, Minnesota kid. Right. He's, I don't I yeah. don't know that anybody thought of Jake Gensel as a rising star until he scored 14 <laughs> goals in the first two games of the playoff series. He's got a two way contract. <laughs> Some random kid. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he literally is getting shuttled down to play in the AHL playoffs at the same time as he's playing in the NHL playoffs. Uh, oh boy, uh, I know Grant Patolny's been in the news. I think he's a young Grant Patolny, Ryan Stowa, <laughs> Cade Fairchild, Jay Barabal, all those guys. They're yeah. up and covers. <laughs> what Crowley. How did Stu just name all of those former golfers? What Crowley's going to be good. The only, one, the only ones I know. <laughs> um, okay, so there's McDavid, there's Eichel, there's Austin Matthews. That's seriously the only three. I know the other there's guys that are good, pretty like much, Crosby and Kane. Pretty much and, everybody on Edmonton. Is there is there another guy beyond those three that's like in that stratosphere? Uh, uh, I don't know. Probably not. Okay. So I feel okay. Yeah, you, uh, you should be proud of yourself. Great. Yeah, you did great. Thank, thank you. Uh, so I was going to leave a little bit of time here for John, uh, for you and Clarence to react to our How to Watch Hockey Guide, but I think before we pressed record, you'd said that you are still in the midst of listening to that How to Watch Hockey Guide, so maybe we'll circle back on that. No, I, I just want to give you a chance to build yeah, on it or agree with it. or Right. You know, let me, let, me let it percolate for a week. Sure, sure. That's totally just, fair. And then I'd love it's to have sit. Clarence on. It's got to age. So. Of course, yeah. Uh, okay. Let's move on to the Minnesota Twins. Is that okay? Nah, all right. They're bad again, which is terrible. Uh, yeah, fun it was fun. Weeks. It was a good run. Um, I listened to Dan Barrero this week. Must have been yesterday on the radio. Try not to listen to the radio, but I did. And he... It's like a podcast you can't control. Yeah, yeah. Can't press pause. Uh, it's just always going. It's a it's a terrible concept. Whoever invented radio should not have done that because podcasts are better. Yes, I agree totally with that. Um, and I have some sympathy because he can't press stop and edit things out. So I always give a little bit of leeway for some of the things that are said on radio, as I think most people do. But Barrero played a clip of Burt Blylevin just going in uh, on Maurer. Because you know, Blylevin, of course, doesn't really like Maurer. Nobody does anymore, which is, I get it. But he said something about, oh, he refuses to adjust the way he plays and... And Bramer said something about he's been victimized about with infield shifts, and then Blylevin blew up of like he's not a victim here, blah blah blah. And uh, 
And Barrero's theory was that Maurer would rather get an 0-2 count and then work a walk rather than hit a double into the gap. He said he, Joe Maurer <laughs> would rather 0-2, work a walk, right. than hit a double into the gap. And again, I have sympathy because it's radio and I can't imagine having to talk for however long he talks every single day. It's a couple hours, right? Every day, two hours, just just chatting, mm-hmm. just talking, whatever. That sounds basically right. by himself. He's he's got a producer, but mostly just you know, and he's got guests and whatever. But uh, you know, he's just got to like, you know, they they basically look at the newspaper and they go, well, "I got to talk for ten minutes about this headline." I don't even know what the hell this is about. I don't have any context. I just got to talk for ten minutes about that. Whatever, it's on the front page. He just got to go. So I have a little bit of sympathy. So he said it, and I was like, oh, that's weird. That's a that's not right. But then they got into some other discussion, and he went back to it, and he mentioned it like three more times. So this is an actual thing that a grown adult thinks about a professional athlete. He enjoys getting a walk, just as a reminder, you get one base versus a double, which I think everybody knows that's two bases. That's like double the... The single, right? Uh, and it's just the oddest. I just think something about Joe Maurer makes people go insane. Like they lose their minds crazy about him. And I know that they have been for years, but that one just stuck with me. That is an odd thing to think about another an athlete. Why, why do people go so crazy about Joe Maurer? I mean, I, I understand the contract, and he's from here, and there's nothing Minnesotans hate more than somebody they can tear down. That's yep. somebody, you know, when your neighbor around the corner has an expensive car, there's there's nothing you like more than when that neighbor runs that car into a fence. That's your favorite thing. And I, I recognize <laughs> there's a lot of that in play. But why, why does he come in for so much criticism? I, I think just, that... I don't understand it. One thing that I probably talk about more often than I think I do is the is how important optics are just in our world. There is they're as important or more important than actual like things that happen in life. It's like how it comes off or how Okay, it comes President Trump. It so optics exactly a perfect example. Optics are everything, right? So I think the optics with Joe Maurer is he's never had a facial expression or said a word above like 12 decibel points his entire life. And two, uh, he's a giant and he looks like he should be able to hit home runs a lot. So if he was like a six foot, just brash, loud, passionate guy, everybody would fucking love him if he had the exact same career. Because that guy who had concussions after catching, he'd be... Just beloved, right? Like, he gave everything for this team. He had, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but what, nine unbelievable all-star or all-star-ish seasons. And uh, so that's, it's just optics with him. It has to be because there's nothing that, there's no other way to look at it. A hometown number one pick, um, leads the team to the playoffs a bunch of years in a row, is an MVP, he's an eight-time all-star, was easily on pace to be a hall of famer i mean easily uh and then just career cut short for a bunch of reasons on paper it's like oh my god everybody loves him everybody fucking loves who that is like 
I mean, sure, there's a hundred of hometown examples with every other team. But uh, he's a he's a boring old quiet kid who is a giant, and he hits like eight home runs a year. So that's my opinion. I think so it's just here's, here, I think you're exactly right that if he had Pudge Rodriguez's body, he would be far more beloved than he is. Yeah. But here, here's my question: how much, how much of our sense of what the public actually thinks of Joe Maurer is colored by Twitter eggs. You know what I mean? Does the pub, I, whenever I think about this, I wonder now, does, do people really hate Joe Maurer as much as I think they do? Or do I just hear too much talk radio and too much Twitter talk and too much grousing from old guys about how you need to play through a brain injury? And I ignore the fact that he gets the loudest cheer of anybody when he comes up to bat. He More people wear his jersey in the stands than wear anybody else's jersey. That he's from St. Paul and that's always been a popular thing. How, mu- how, how much am I right in saying that Maurer takes so much more abuse when he also gets more praise than any other player? Or used to, I guess. Now, now he's just sort of universally hated because... He suddenly can't buy a hit. That's a good point. I guess we all probably have our own different ways of trying to gauge what the general public thinks. I try not to pay any attention to Twitter eggs, and I very rarely listen to talk radio, if at all. So for me, it's more like (laughs) I'm around my family or my in-laws over the weekends, and that's how I kind of gauge it, because that's outside my bubble of friends. That's mixture of young guys, old guys, you know, urban, rural, etc. And most of them have just always hated Maurer. But maybe they're not a good representative example either. I mean, I haven't really thought about how much his jerseys sell and the ovation he gets during games, but those are just as valid as anything else. I don't know. Maybe I'm in a bubble, John. Well, I I, I think it's also true that People tend to have negative opinions. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. It's about Maurer, but for a lot of people, he's the only player that they do have an opinion about. Like your random uncle who doesn't follow baseball at all. When he corners you at the family reunion and he wants to talk about Joe Maurer, it's it's not like that uncle also has a lot of thoughts about Ryan Presley or about whether Avery Adrianza would make a better defensive shortstop than Jorge Polanco. They're not thinking about that. They just know he Joe Maurer what, he and they kn- know that... He knows what Tommy B said about him on the drive into work. Exactly. Yeah. So... 
And also Maybe Somalis. Sense, he knows what Tommy B said about the Somali people too. <laughs> that's that's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe. Yes, everything has gotten political, and Maurer has always been one of those flashpoint guys. Of like, it's the easiest thing in the world to be like, he's a pussy. And if you go, you know, he. I think he played through a brain injury for like a whole season. I don't know if you're going to get a whole lot of good old boys that are like, oh, yeah? Huh. They're going to be like, <laughs> yeah. fuck you. Yeah. The people who hate Maurer have really hard opinions on participation trophies. Yeah, there's no overlap I mean, there. They're, they're, yeah, there's, there's no, that's a Venn diagram. That's just one fucking circle. They just <laughs> don't like him. They don't like participation trophies, and they sure as shit don't like women voting because it's just that's <laughs> just the way the way things ought to be. So, like the best people are the people who can be in both those worlds and have some opinions here and some opinions there, you know. Um, but I definitely felt like Maurer was one of those very polarizing guys. Again, John, you're right. Now everybody knows he sucks and is terrible. Uh, but for a few years there, when he was, you know, maybe he had 14 home runs, but his on base was 430 or whatever. It was like a, you knew exactly where everybody stood, hardcore on Joe Maurer, and there wasn't a whole lot of overlap. So right, it was a weird, mm-hmm. it's a, just a weird, when that shit happens, it's very odd what ends up becoming political. Or I don't even know what term you'd use for something like that, but kind of political, like it's, or religion or something like people are just like this is it this is my side and this is what we think we all hate Maurer we hate him I don't know and I'm sure there's tons of overlap that I'm not thinking about but it was it was like that for a while so yep all right Maurer sidebar over but what do you what do you back to do? our regularly scheduled complaining what do you do with Maurer now, though? You're right. He's useless. He's a terrible baseball player. And he was better last year than I, I remembered. I thought he was completely done last year. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't completely useless last year. He was fine. I, I don't know. I have his OPS in front of me, but it was respectable, whatever. It wasn't very good, but it was okay. And now this year, he's just fallen off a cliff, right? Well, so, I mean, th- this is what they're... 15th game of the season, 17th game of the season, something yeah, like that. 9% of the way through. So he could easily turn it around. And he has before, obviously. He's had lots of really right. bad Aprils. So, yeah, I don't think we should cut him. And it's I, just I a, it's going to be a weird thing to know what to do with him soon here. I did see something, and again, numbers are boring, but I, I saw something on Joe Podzdanski's blog where he was tracking he, he's gotten way into this stat cast stuff because he works for major for mlb.com now mm-hmm. and so he he had looked at the number of outs that anybody had made on a ball that with the launch angle and the exit velocity or whatever that stat cast tracks that normally that ball when it's hit would be a hit more than 40% of the time that you would bat more than 400 and Maurer was third in the league or something on getting robbed on those kind of plays, which is partially a factor. I think I would be right in saying that everybody shifts the crap out of him now because yep. it's fairly obvious that he's going to either hit the ball on a line or on the ground somewhere to the right of five feet to the left of third of second base. I mean, 
and if he hits the ball in the air, it's going to go to left center or down the left field line. And so you put all your outfielders on one side of the outfield and all your infielders on the other side of the infield, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, it's worked so far. You know, it's interesting. I do feel like there's a lot of judgment about Maurer with the shift of, like, just adjust the way you play this game you've been playing for all of your life. Just adjust. Just right. do something different as if it's easy to hit a fucking 98-mile-an-hour fastball to a place that you want to put it, you know? It seems You're to be like... You're 34 years old. Change something you've been doing for 25 straight years. Even if he's younger, it seems to me like you can you can get better at uh, at plate discipline or you can get more power... But just being able to be a guy who hits the ball in a different area of the field seems super challenging to me. And it would be an interesting article to have somebody look into guys who have been able to successfully beat the shift by adjusting what they do. Because it it seems to me like that's a really, really rare thing. Not making excuses, but I don't know. It does seem seem barely one step above saying, you know, Maurer's an amazing athlete. He should try hitting right-handed and have a totally different <laughs> swing right-handed. Yeah, which is in itself just one step higher than try harder, which is... Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Always a good thing to yell at a baseball game. Try! Mm-hmm. Hit it! Hit it. Don't hit it to the other guys. Well, we'll see. Um, no one okay. ever, no one ever yelled that at Ken Herbeck when he was three hundred pounds at first base, though. So <laughs> there's something there's something about your cultural th- explanation that makes some sense. Yes, yes, very true. Uh, that is true. Although I do love me some Herbie, I'll go across the other side. Oh, so Herbie's the best. How, yep, yeah, I'm show, we're showing how well rounded we are. We refuse to be Venn diagrammed, or we refuse to be in one area. Mm-hmm. Um, no. Okay, so another thing that we're going to do here, probably just this other time, um, but we did last week was a, a Byron Bucks and MVP tracker for Stu. So, <laughs> quick reminder: oh, if anybody yeah. missed a couple episodes ago, Stu's uh, prediction, and I don't, I'm not even mad about it because I think we all love our, our our sweet boy, our sweet fast son Byron Buxton so much. But anyway, Stu predicted that he'd be a top ten uh, MVP vote getter. So what we're going to be using here for MVP sort of progress throughout the year is war. I know it's it's rife with issues, as Clarence would say, although I, I don't know if you think he know, knows any specifics. Um, but it's a good shorthand. Byron had a little bit better week, Stu, so you should be happy there. Um, I think he drew one walk or something, so that's going to just completely amp up where he, uh, where he shoots up to. So he is now 18th in war on his own team. So using a little bit of basic <laughs> math for the rest of the league, he, I think, now mm-hmm. is likely around 540th in MVP voting. Um, nice. That is 90 spots, motherfucker. 90 spots in one week. He was 630th last week. He's yep. 540th now. We're coming. We're com- at this rate, by about Father's Day, he's leading the league. <laughs> I I have to know who on the Minnesota Twins is worse than Byron Buxton at war right now. Oh boy, um, I can get there. I can get there. 
Uh, riff, guys, riff. I'm working. Uh, Brandon uh, is Brandon's I, I just, great. I, I assume give him the I chocolate assume one cake. of them is Craig Breslow. Brandon's great. Give him the chocolate cake. Breslow's gotta be it. Gotta be um, because Breslow's thrown one inning so far this season. Uh, Isn't Dan Jack Santana? Haley from the, like the 1993 San Antonio Spurs on the team? Uh, yeah, that's true. Jack Dan, Haley's probably down there. Dan Santana, Joe oh, Mauer, another guy who hasn't played on. Oh, known really? That. Well, Byron Buxton Mauer is, is uh, actually Buxton's got half a WAR just defensively right now, whereas Mauer oh, is just like now. That's true. Yeah. Um. Wow. Ed Rosario is our worst player right now. So that's three yeah, guys. I, I would agree with that. And then we've got uh, Adalberto Mejia and uh, Ryan Presley. And then uh, coming in the rear, the worst player in the team, Kyle Gibson. so what we're saying is that byron buxton has four hits and 23 strikeouts and 43 at bats and yet he's still only the second worst bro of all of our picks (laughs) yes yes exactly and uh mauer rosario gibson Mejia. These are not guys that like have barely played. Like they've done some fucking damage. <laughs> so there you go. So still, you're looking all right. You're at, you're at least not Clarence, and Clarence, of yes. course, knows better. Yeah, it's his own fault. Yeah. Fortunately, neither of you saw him bunt into an easy out tonight with the tie, ask the tie and run at the plate. So that's, uh, that's no, but I saw good. that on Twitter. So. Can you uh, can you walk me through what happened? What is he? Does he have a broken hand or something? Why did that happen? Um, because he bunted and he shouldn't have bunted. He should have swung away. He had the count in his favor. They had just had a mound visit. And so it turns out it wouldn't have mattered because the Twins bullpen had nothing tonight. The Bre- your, your guy Breslow and then Jack Haley from the 93 Spurs gave up like four runs right after that. So it didn't really matter, but it would have been, it would have been had a nice new arm slot. if, you know. Did Breslow use the bad arm yeah, he, slot? Yeah, he, he used the bad arm slot. He used his old arm slot. Oh, I don't know me. why. That, he, he he just made right. a mistake, and then Jack Haley came in, and there was nothing nothing really good happened. And then I started the podcast. So, you know. Nothing good so happened. The story of the Minnesota Twins. held him down, the, the Byron Buxton right. bunting with two guys on is a... Yes. I don't even know. I it's, would make him uh, go run yeah. run uh, poles during the game if I were Molitor. Yeah. That's a dude who's like completely I, lost. What are you going to do? Nothing he can do. Just it's pretty sad to see. Everything's sad. I'm tired of being sad, but we're sad. Oh man. Okay. Well, let's move on to let's move on to better, more fun things. Who wants to talk hoops? Ooh, it's NBA playoffs preview time. Even though they already started. Yeah. It is a. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, please assign Clarence's team since he's not here to argue about it. 
Yeah, yeah, I know. I I did this with the hope that he would be around. But actually, this is going to work out even better. Okay, so so just the, to recap, the just bit to recap, that we do here. annually is yep. Every year, Brandon assigns us NBA teams to cheer for because we we pay attention to the Timberwolves on this podcast, and that's pretty much the end of our NBA knowledge, except to occasionally make fun of Sam Hinkie. And by occasionally, I mean every single week we still make fun of Sam Hinkie. But beyond that, we're a little bit that's short sure. on our NBA. Uh, our NBA bona fide. So every year when the playoffs start, Brandon gives each one of us a team to cheer for that that represents us. He he looks through the the roster and says, you know, that is John's team, that is Stu's team, that is Clarence's team, and I think Clarence usually loves his team, and I think my team usually loses in the first round. But that's all I know for sure. This is the only way that I can talk playoff hoops is I have right. to involve you guys personally because I watch almost every game. There was two games on earlier tonight, and I watched both of them. I love playoff hoops. All right. Okay. So we're breaking down the playoff teams for this year. We're going to start with me. Yep. I am taking the Cleveland Cavaliers. Oh, my goodness. I feel like this happens Cleveland every year. You Cavaliers. take the best team in the playoffs. <laughs> Shut up. I do not. I take, well, okay. It's sort of, you know, causation correlation thing, John. I take the team with LeBron James because I love him so much. Right. I love my brother LeBron. They do tend to be one of the better teams because he's fucking unbelievable. Um, But this year, no, they're a two seed in the East. They are, I I haven't seen the Vegas odds, but I have to assume uh, probably the Third, fourth, most likely to win it all. You really Probably think third. the Vegas odds have right, Cleveland they're... less likely than Boston? No, I think they've got Golden State and San Antonio above. All right, above Cleveland. Cle- Cleveland is a two seed. They have been bad for. They went twenty three and twenty three on their last forty six games. They were pretty bad, but again, it's the playoffs. So playoff LeBron is is way different beast. They're one of the only fun teams for me to watch. They're so bad defensively. They legitimately are have a very similar defensive rating as the Timberwolves. So let that sink in. For That's a bad. Bit. That's real bad. That's not good. That's real bad. Um, but again, I just if you if you're a hoops fanatic like myself, there's nobody more fun to watch than LeBron because he's like a maestro. So I'm gonna take the Cavs. Um, I think they're the only fun team uh, besides the Milwaukee Bucks are super fun, but I can't. I'm not going to give them to any of you guys because they're from Wisconsin, and I just I wouldn't do that to any of you. I, you got you three hate Wisconsin. It, it's almost impressive how much you hate Wisconsin. So the Bucks are are going to go undrafted. But if you want to cheer for a fun team, they're uh, they're pretty awesome. Okay, Clarence. I'm giving Clarence, and this this sort of stings, but I'm giving him the Chicago Bulls. Because um, they're they old and crotchety? They're old. Uh, I don't even know if they like basketball at all. And like Clarence, uh, they're not they even going to show up? Who because knows? white people pretend to care about crime there? <laughs> they seem to. They seem to be a team that shows up like four minutes before the game starts and then just just roll out cold. Uh, they're ornery as fuck. They're probably the orneriest 
basketball team I've seen in some time. But they do fight harder than people expect. People expect, like, hey, they're old, they're going to roll over, but they got a little little fight in them. Sort of like Clarence when you're trying to, like, troll him. Like, he, he's not going to stop. Like, he is going to fucking... He won't stop. So he's just like the Bulls. Uh, but they also are probably, um, which this pains me to report, I thought they were going to be uh, swept, but they just won the first two against Boston. They're an eight seed. So they're up 2-0 against Boston. They're probably still going to lose, obviously, but they're going to be goal- I, call it, I call it the hot goalie theory, Brandon, just uh-huh, so you know. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> the, hot, uh, the hot old timers theory. Yep. A bunch of old guys, and they hate each other. They like legitimately would call each other out on Instagram of like these guys. My teammates aren't leaders. I'm a leader. They, they don't practice that hard. You know, whatever. Like they all are, and they're a bunch of assholes. Dwayne Wade, Rajon Rondo, uh, just they're just so ornery. Anyway, Clarence, they're the worst, and you're the worst, and that's your team. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Stu. You get the Toronto Raptors. Hell yeah. Socialized uh, medicine. Yep. They're uh they're Canadian and I feel like you're like one of the most Canadian people I know. Uh the new pornographers that I embrace the out. Maritimes. I embrace the Maritimes. <laughs> yeah. Uh I know you love socialized medicine. Um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think you also mentioned that you like the band Sloan. Yes. Is that a, is that a name of the band? And I think they're, they're Canadian. They're, they're my, right? one of my favorite bands. And they have ties to Canada? Are they, are they from there? They live there? Sure. Or something? They, they, they are. They're from Halifax, Nova Scotia. Okay. So you I'm sorry. I got, dist- I got to. I got. Okay. Can I do a quick humble brag or flat out brag? Sure. Brag it up. I got I got distracted because Chris Hayes from MSNBC was tweeting at me, so I had to respond to oh, him really quick. Oh man, so. he loves your uh, too beautiful Sorry. to live. Your other buddies, doesn't he? Yes, yeah, I know. I they um did a the unpaid promo for the sport of last night, so that was pretty cool too. What? They basically raved about our weird local regional sports podcast. After I got oh. off the line with them, so. <laughs> oh man, I don't okay. know why that was nice of MSNBC. <laughs> no, it was not MSNBC. That was TBTL that did that. So, <laughs> boy, so I anyway. sorry, I, I got distracted. Know what to say. This is becoming. I know it was nice of them to do that. meta. Like this is so meta. I feel like I'm yeah. in Inception or something. Okay, uh, John. Okay, so anyway, team? so I. I I, I'm so I'm nervous yet excited. John, I'm giving you the Golden State Warriors. What? So you know how I, you, I don't know what to say right now. You told us that the Wild were overrated all season long, and you have been proven right. And with the only downside is that now everybody hates you. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I do. I do remember that. So the Warriors are kind of like that this year. Everybody hates the Warriors, but they're almost for sure going to win it all. Like, they're just the best team. It's sort of inevitable. So I figured I'd give you the inevitable team because that's been the, the, the sort of journey you've gone on on this podcast and on Twitter is 
you were sort of a sorry not sorry guy for pointing this sort of stuff out, and this is the sorry not sorry team for for fans. So you're gonna be like, yeah, you fucking right. you hate me. Just keep hating me. That's my team, and we're the best. And they're gonna be like, God damn it, you're right. <laughs> and the the added bonus of this is that it. I just like real life where I hate myself. I hate my team. So this is perfect. <laughs> yeah. So you should be, you should be bummed out for sure. Just all around. And that's kind of the overall goal that I was going for. Yep. Here. Yep. I'm, I'm self-loathing already. So this is perfect. Yes. Yes. Okay. But if you are a fan of like good, fun teams, I guess if you want to... No, you can't take the Bucks. You hate Wisconsin too much, I bet. I do hate Wisconsin too much. I, I thought of that, and I thought, ooh, I hope I get the Bucks. Wait a second, they're from Milwaukee. I don't hope I get the Bucks. I hope the Milwaukee Bucks arena burns to the ground. You know, I tried to give you a more fun team, but there legitimately are not a ton of likable teams uh, this year. I suppose the Spurs are pretty cool. They're just the Spurs. You know, they kind of... They've been sort yep. of faceless. Pop is always likable. They're they're good. They're great at execution, but they kind of are who they are. So there's not a ton of crazy upside just in terms of watching. The Rockets are good, but they are one of the worst. You know, it's interesting. We don't really need to get into it right now, but the trends in analytics are making baseball really boring. And they are potentially going to make basketball kind of boring as well. I mean, it's it's, it's almost impossible to make basketball like actually boring with, with the pace that teams are playing at right now. But if you watch the Rockets, all they do is shoot threes. If they, they try to make a lay, get in the lane to make a layup, and if they can't, they just shoot a three. Because they know like regular old post ups are not any good, mid range shots aren't any good, whatever. So they're just bombing threes. It's not fun to watch. That's the exact equivalent of a team uh, in baseball that are just like the old school A's or whatever of like we're just trying to hit bombs and get walks. We don't care about anything else. We're never gonna bunt, we're never gonna steal, we're hardly ever gonna take the extra base. We're just trying to hit bombs. Um, so anyway, it's interesting. It's probably worth a larger conversation someday, but the Rockets are the three true outcomes of the NBA. So they're not any fun. And the East <laughs> right. just sucks in general. The Good Raptors comparison. Are, the Raptors are the same team that, that they've always been. I'm going to be done talking right now because I know you guys don't care about the playoffs. My raps! My raps! Yeah, what about, you love the raps. My one suggestion for a potential fun team, what about Oklahoma City? Oklahoma City has a bunch of has Westbrook and that's kind of it. Like he just refuses to let any of his teammates get involved in really any aspect. Like his supporting cast is not terrible. Got decent draft picks and Oladipo and Doug McDermott and I'm not going to get into names, but like decent players and he just is a he set up I think he set the NBA record in usage rate. And obviously, average a triple. He had to. If, and, yeah, if he didn't, if then, he didn't set the NBA record in usage rate, then usage rate is calculated wrong. Yes, the only the only way is a typo. That stat needs to change. If it's not, if if he didn't lead the league in it, the scorched earth aspect is pretty cool. 
for the for the Thunder. I kind of get that, but I also wish he would like play a tiny bit smarter. Um, but yeah, I just really hate the Warriors, and they're gonna stomp all over everybody. That's what I'm worried about. Yep, it's so crazy to be the most dominant team in the league and also the biggest bitches in the whole world. Like, how can you be both? God, I hate them. I don't know. Ask ask the Pistons from the nineties. Yeah, yeah. But imagine if the Pistons hey, were like, a, yeah, like the Bulls or something, like a dynasty. Could you imagine? Fuck, I hate them so much. Right. Arr. Right. Okay, last couple. Brandon, should I read anything into the fact that you gave me the team that you hate the most? Well, I only did this because I saw some parallels between, uh, sure, you can hate me, but I'm going to be right. So I get to, I'll be able to sleep really well tonight because at least I was right. Because I was just thinking about you with the wild. I'm like, all right, you guys are mad at me. But numbers don't lie. So I thought that'd be the same thing for that, but you're not going to be able, you're you're not heartless enough to just take on the Warriors. I know that, but I just thought it'd be a fun, no, a fun thing to continue to yell yep, at you about. You're right, you're right, you're right. Um, and for the Wolves, um, they got better draft picks. They had a they had a coin flip with the Knicks today, and they won. Which uh, example? Five million that the conspiracy theorists are not going to love that the Wolves got a better pick than the Knicks or better odds than the Knicks. But uh, watch the Knicks like when the Knicks still get the number one, pick. end up with the number one pick. <laughs> you're gonna <laughs> this this episode will mysteriously disappear one second after that happens. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to two hundred seven? I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, episode two. What? <laughs> the sportive? That's yeah, not a thing. No, it's a it's a tradition in podcasts that nobody ever has to uh, an episode two hundred seven. It's like a superstition thing. I'll go delete other mm-hmm. people's number two hundred seven as well. But the actual draft lottery countdown is twenty eight days from right now, April eighteenth. So, four oh, hell yeah, now. it is. Yep. Yep. Oh boy. So exciting. Do you know who you want the Wolves to take yet, Brandon? No, I don't. Nope. I'll probably do a little bit of scouting, but I won't bore you with it. I went back and listened to some other ones, and I mean, God bless past Brandon, but I spent like 40 minutes talking about the draft on this podcast in old episodes. <laughs> Why don't you guys stop me? <laughs> Why? Did... You just let me talk. Brandon, I'm going to be honest. I was genuinely interested, but that's probably not what you were going for. Not possible. Stu was doing his taxes. Clarence did fart noises well, for half of it. I yeah. should have probably read the room. That's on me. Yeah, right. that's on you. Yep. Yep. I'll take that. Um, okay, I've been talking too much. Anybody else have anything to say? No, we've gotten over an hour nope. for not a lot of content. We actually managed to get an hour out of this, so that's pretty good. Okay, let me ask if this is a hot take. I want to ask you, Stu, for sure. Okay. Maybe, John. I don't know if you've been watching. The Americans. It's bad now. Yeah. 
It's not good. Really? The season has been boring. So boring and dumb. I don't understand what's going on. I don't really care to find out. I don't like any of it. There's no drama this year. It's a real slog. Boy. Huh. Man, I, I'm i not there with you, man. I, I've been... We just watched the... Uh, last two episodes the other night and I was pretty I was pretty involved I I am it's it's just there's so much dread hanging over everything they do maybe that's a function of that but I I, I enjoy it but I could see I guess well I'm, first of all you have to understand that I'm not apologizing for shit no that's no. the I wouldn't even ask credo. you to we're but great I, friends no no no, but I could I could see that. As, I mean, I I can't even imagine somebody trying to start starting watching it right now. Be like, well, what what's the fucking deal? This is just there's nothing happening. But I think just the little TikTok of all the just decisions that have happened before and how they're echoing out through this season. I I I'm still on board. That's what I'm trying to get at here. I guess what I like about dramas, and I'm thinking specifically of Breaking Bad and Justified, is when there's a new season, there's almost immediately an established, I think they call it like a big bad, like a bad, you know, the The big bad. Oh, yeah, we like the big bad. We love the big bad. And those two two other series did it in an awesome way, where like by episode one or episode two, there's this new... Thing in place of like I gotta try to overcome this thing and I love that and I feel like that's what the Americans is missing it's just sort of like yeah it's just this general sense of dread every week and but no real mm-hmm. no real defined thing that they're pushing against and I don't even know who the bad guys are I mean half the time it's you hate Russia and then mm-hmm. the US I mean you mostly hate Russia which is totally cool but um mm-hmm. It's just, I don't know. It's just weird. I wish there was more of like, uh, here's the villain for this year, and they have to try to overcome it. Because half the time I'm like, just stop. Stop fighting, man. Let's just go drive away. Just drive away. Wouldn't that be cool? Just go move. And then that could be the whole show of like them trying to not get caught or something. I don't know. I just, I'm hoping, I wish there was more to it. So you think it's like a mildly hot take? Yeah, John, what are your thoughts? I think it's a. Uh, my thoughts are I've never seen an episode of the show. <laughs> Your thoughts are you're still on episode four of Breaking Bad. <laughs> I've never seen an episode of Breaking Bad either, so <laughs> you're ahead of me there too. Oh shit! What is, is it? Justified that you've you've been trying yeah. to get through something? Yeah, I'm stuck about this show starts halfway through the third season of Justified and have been since episode twelve of the Swordive. <laughs> <laughs> oh man well someday john someday. I, I don't know when i don't know when john i would just like to offer you an open invitation for when you get back into some of these shows i would love to hear your reaction of like a guy who wasn't watching when the rest of us were watching <laughs> of like hey man i checked out this show and uh you guys are all nuts it's terrible or it's way better than you think Guys, so, have you heard of this agenda item? Anytime you want to do it, I'd love to talk about it. Have you have you watched the Sopranos show? It's amazing. It's about the mob. <laughs> the Sopranos? I'm not sure exactly yeah. how to pronounce it. I think it's Sopranos. Italian. <laughs> it might be Italian. Yeah. 
Uh, all right, that's enough. It's enough riffing. It's all I got, guys. <laughs> I like. Did, okay. <laughs> did Brandon Comment? just? Did, Brandon was just like, "That's enough. I'm gone," and he just <laughs> left. I think he's gone. Did he? Did he just press stop or what did he do? Dude, dude just left. <laughs> Well, good Definitely for him. Just left. Nope. Good for him. We'll, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Well, good that times. was episode 207. We did it. Way to go, everybody. We did let's it, guys. Press, let's press stop now. Goodbye. Okay. Later. Bye, Wade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.